0: Pastor Lars Olson will deliver this morning's sermon. My friends, grace and peace to you in this time of waiting and watching and wondering and worrying. From Jesus Christ, may there be peace and reconciliation and life for you. Amen. Waiting can be filled with so much anticipation. When you're looking forward to something, you can't get your mind off it, and the time can't pass fast enough until it arrives. You keep thinking on it day and night, and when something else takes your attention, pretty soon you're right back to thinking about when it's going to arrive, when the day will be here, when the moment will come, when the looking forward becomes here. When the near time becomes now. For example, we were looking forward to a trip this summer. We were going to go out to Washington. We've been looking forward to this for six or seven months, but now our trip is in doubt. We're not looking forward with as much anticipation. We're looking forward with regret that probably we're not going to be able to go this year. As much of the joy that we have found in traveling and seeing one another and uh, moving about in the summer likely is curtailed by the situation we have with the COVID-19 virus these days. But still, that anticipation can linger for a long time and make you look out and wonder and plan. And the more you plan, the more it becomes exciting for you. It might be a trip or a a special dinner that you're looking forward to at your favorite restaurant. It might be your birthday, depending on how old you are, how long you look forward to that day to come when everybody celebrates you, brings you gifts, and sings your praises, and says, I know you. I know you. Yes, waiting can be filled with anticipation. And it's not just filled with things that we're looking out for, but that waiting time also fills in when we have a promise from somebody. When I leave the house in the morning and I hear from my kids or my family or my wife, I love you. Well, I walk into the rest of the day holding on to that promise, trusting in it, letting it give me the joy it has as I wait to see them again. Waiting is filled with anticipation, but sometimes that anticipation can become too much for us to bear. If there's too long of a waiting period and not enough planning and not enough reinforcement, we start to wonder, is it real or is it just in my head? Were we ever really going to go on that trip or was that just idle speak, worthless talk? Sometimes anticipation grows on us into a place where, we start, where it starts to create doubt for us rather than joy. And so we start to look for signs and things that will keep us going into that joy and into that anticipation without it becoming a burden for us to bear. Because if it's real if what we're looking forward to is actual and real and tangible, and it's really going to come, not just kind of come near and then evaporate before us, we likely need some reminders, some things that keep us going, reminding us that it actually is there, not just a mind trick that we played on ourselves. And so look around our lives, and we have all sorts of reminders that we actually live in a real world. There are people that speak to us. There are our friends and family who hug us and touch us. There are handshakes in normal times, things that pull us out of just imagining that we live in a world, stopping us from falling into an idea that we live in a virtual existence. Maybe we're just a collection of photons in somebody else's computer screen. And when Jesus comes with his disciples to the Last Supper, he has been waiting and anticipating this moment for a long time. He's been telling them that it is coming. He's been planning and preparing for it. He's been dragging them along the way right into this moment when he can celebrate this meal with them so that he can give them something real, not just something imagined, Not just an idea, but real, tangible, touchable, himself, his body, and his blood. He's been waiting for this moment, not so he could tell his disciples how bad they were, but so that he could celebrate with them. This is a party, after all. It's a festival, and he's gathered his disciples there with him, and they're drinking and eating. But they also have to know what else is real in the world, that their betrayal is going to come, that they are going to deny their Lord in just a few hours, that in a real, real sense, they sin against him, turn him over to the authorities, run from him in his hour of need. And they need to know that this is real so they really understand what this celebration, what this party is all about. It's all about Jesus celebrating with his disciples, his sinners gathered around so that he could give himself to them, to the people that sin directly against him. Just as Elias talked about, giving them his last will and testament, telling them that when he dies, this is what he wants them to have that he gave himself to them for the forgiveness of their sin. There is nothing more real than that. Jesus, amongst his sinners, giving himself in his body and blood into their hands directly. Yes, Jesus had been waiting a long time for this moment. They'd been pushing it back and pushing it back, trying to keep Jesus away from his death. But here it was, standing right there, looking at him in the face, real as anything. And this is where he turns around and gives himself over. This is what he's been waiting for, preparing for, anticipating. This is what has given him joy and excitement. This is his ministry in the world. And here is the time to give himself to those who would sin against him. So he celebrates with them. He celebrates this festival. He has a party. He eats and drinks. He is real right there with him, present. But the party gets interrupted because that's what sinners do. They make it all about themselves. Each one of them going down and saying, no, no, not me. I would never betray you. I would never deny you. Rather than hearing his word and listening to his promise and living in the anticipation that they would be forgiven, they want to cast it off, push it aside, make it not quite so real. A little more out there, perhaps. A little more virtual might be a little more comfortable for them. But lo and behold, Jesus doesn't allow it. You will betray me. You will betray me. You will deny me. And here I am, giving myself to you to forgive you of this before it comes. Now, I know this is an odd way for us to celebrate Monday, Thursday, and the Lord's Supper, his last supper with his disciples amongst his sinners. Because normally we would want to be here celebrating this party, giving Christ to you in his body and his blood with the promise of forgiveness attached. But as it is, we are here to celebrate this not in person, not in a real sense, but in a virtual world. Now, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole of how we can do communion virtually and how we can't. Many have been going down this path in the last few weeks as we struggle to understand how to do ministry, how to give Holy Week to people in this time. But I'll just say this, no matter how close we might feel through the television screen, we are still distant and scattered and isolated from one another. And so the party that Jesus wants to have with us still seems to be not quite as real as it needs to be for us to truly receive the joy of being with him and being together, his sinners gathered around. What we have now is a picture on a screen and a recorded voice and bringing you a good word for this time with great music and good liturgy. But we all know it's not quite the same, right? We'd all rather be here together, touching, talking, being real with one another. But this is what we have for now, and this is what we have to look forward to in this time when the party can resume, when the celebration can come back, When Jesus calls us back together to celebrate in his presence, in the presence of one another, where we can receive his body and blood and be reminded that the promise is real, not virtual. Now, over the last five weeks, we've been having our first communion class. We started in person, and then we had to move into a virtual world. Zoom has really helped us with these things. And while it's been a good class and we've gotten to see each other, I've noticed that the students by Zoom are just hungry to be with one another. (laughs) They miss school, they said last night. Can you believe that? They miss school. We said, remember that next year when you get back into school and you're going to be saying, oh, why am I in school every day? The joy of just being together is something that we are thirsting for and looking for. In the first communion class, we weren't just talking about how we have communion with one another, but what happens in this holy communion where we receive the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of our sin. And how in the body and blood, it's not just a virtual thing, but it is one of those things that encourages us in the faith, that reminds us of the promise. It's like a trip that we want to take, and it's the planning to get there. It is all of the things that God gives us to remind us that it is really here, that it is on the way, that the kingdom of heaven is not just something we made up in our mind or something we imagine for ourselves, but it is a gift from God and it is as real as it gets. So that the body and blood of Christ given to us in the Lord's Supper give us something that is absolutely real, which is a promise from God, And as we learn, a promise from God is as good as the thing is now. It is here when God says it. We don't need to wait any longer for it to come and arrive. For where Christ is present in his body and blood, there he is present for us. Where he comes to us in his word, his word is true and now for us. So while we have to wait to celebrate together, we still cling to Christ's word, that you are forgiven. Hear this again and again, especially you who are hungering for just this reminder, just this sip and taste. Though we can't put it on our tongue, receive it in your ear. You are forgiven all your sin. Christ has done this for you. Take this word as the most real thing possible from God's own voice through Jesus Christ to your ear, receiving the keys to the kingdom of God. So while Jesus was anticipating this time, and while it was interrupted, and while we now have to wait for this time to come for us when we can come together and eat and drink and celebrate the joy that Christ has given us, we do not have to wait to celebrate with him Now We have the joy he has given. It is true. It is real. We cannot right now partake, but we have his promise. And that is the real deal, the real thing of life, the thing that cannot be taken from us, not personally or virtually. It is given to you. My friends, you are disciples of Christ, forgiven by his own promise freed from sin and death for life in Christ. Amen.